Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Rev. Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join the discussion, email us at yogahour at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Rev. Ellen Grace O'Brien. Awesome. The Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'll be sharing with you today some insights and practices from the spiritual tradition of yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. Yoga is a familiar Sanskrit word these days, but not everyone understands its true meaning, which is oneness, union, or unity. It it refers to bringing our attention and our awareness to consciously rest in our spiritual nature, to be restored to our original wholeness, to know, to realize our true self. It is self-realization. It is, yoga is knowing our true spiritual nature and then, of course, living in harmony with it. And um, for several weeks now, we have been engaged in conversations about the Bhagavad Gita. And uh, this gives us many practical ways for living spiritual truth. And today's topic, light shining in the darkness, finding solace and enduring support in the Bhagavad Gita. And our special guest today is Ila Gandhi, the granddaughter of Mohandas Gandhi. Uh, Ila is a peace activist and was a member of Parliament in South Africa from 1994 to 2004. She served as an executive member of the Natal Organizations of Women from its inception until 1991. Her political affiliations include the Natal Indian Congress, which she served as Vice President, the United Democratic Front, DESCOM Crisis Network, and Inanda Support Committee. During apartheid, Ila was banned in 1975 from political activism and subjected to house arrest for a total of nine years. She worked underground for an end to the practice. After serving in Parliament, she developed a 24-hour program against domestic violence 
founded the Gandhi Development Trust, serves as a member of the Religious Affairs Committee, and oversees a monthly newspaper. She also chairs the Mahatma Gandhi Salt March Committee and the Mahatma Gandhi Development Trust. In 2002, she received the Community of Christ International Peace Award, and she was conferred the Padma Bhushan Award from the Government of India in 2007. Welcome, Ila. We are so delighted that you could join us uh, from South Africa today on the Yoga Hour. Hi, and good morning to your listeners and to you. Thank you. Before we dive into our topic, let's take a moment to meditate together. Let us begin in the awareness of the presence of God, opening our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence, affirming that one reality, called by many names, is the support and the substance of all that is. Right where we are right now, this divine essence, is present. It is present as you, as me, as everyone. It is within us, around us, between us. So let's take a moment to acknowledge that and to simply move our attention and our awareness from external to internal. And you might find that your breath can help you do that. Just be aware as you breathe in that you are pulling your attention and awareness within beyond sensory involvement, beyond involvement with thought activity, to abide in yourself, the self that is the self of all, that one reality in which we live and move and have our being. And as we bring our attention within, we can begin to feel peace, this hallmark of the soul, peace, pervading our mental field, filling our bodies. We become aware with now with our awareness expanded, we, we become aware of what we are as the witness that is beyond words and thoughts, beyond all change and phenomena pure existence being. As we touch this inner peace this morning, let us remember to let this peace overflow as a blessing for all beings everywhere. Our first segment this morning is about finding solace and inspiration from the Bhagavad Gita, a very famous quote from your grandfather about the Gita is that when doubts haunt me, 
When disappointments stare me in the face and I see not one ray of light on the horizon, I turn to the Bhagavad Gita and find a verse to comfort me. I immediately begin to smile in the midst of overwhelming sorrow. And he describes in his translation of the Bhagavad Gita how his time in prison actually gave him the window of time that he needed mm. to thoroughly study the Gita uh, and, and that this time of contemplation that he had then just whetted his appetite um, to learn more about how to apply it. And it seems that, you know, what he was inspired to do with the Bhagavad Gita, which, you know, from the outside reading about his life, it, it seems so consistent with his nature, was to put the teachings from the Bhagavad Gita to the test of practice in his life. He wrote, uh, the Gita has become for us a spiritual reference book. I'm aware that we ever fail to act in perfect accord with the teaching. The failure is not due to want of effort, but in spite of it, even though even through the failures, we see rays of hope. So, you know, what did you experience um, that your grandfather found so inspiring and comforting uh, in the Bhagavad Gita? Well, I think, uh, firstly, uh, you know, the Bhagavad Gita gives meaning to life. Uh, there are chapters in the Gita which talks about what is the nature of life, what is uh, your body, and what is the soul, and so on, and the immortality of the soul. Uh, so for him, you know, the need uh, to be uh, in charge of his, uh, you know, of his senses and of um, what he was doing, you know, the body is like a vehicle. And um, you can either allow the body to govern you or you can be the driver of the body. Mm-hmm. And so um, <clears throat> I think what he found in the Bhagavad Gita was the answer to how one can, um, you know, be in charge of this vehicle. Mm, absolutely, and 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 that that really is the um, the crux of the meaning of the battle. You know that has so many implications. Absolutely. You know, yeah. of course that that battle is. You know, who is going to be in charge, or what is going to be in charge? You know, will it be our our lower drives and tendencies? Will it be the senses? Will it be our uh, purified intellect, uh, or will it be the divine self? And, um, you know, I, I really appreciate it that you started with the, the highest level, that the, that the Gita, in terms of finding solace, you know, really connects us with the deepest truth about life, you know, that gives it meaning, you know, what we are and, and um, you know, how we can live in the highest way by cultivating that awareness of what we are and then understanding that life has um, order, life has divine order and life has purpose. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Mm. And I think uh, for him, you know, the soul was very important because what is the meaning of that soul within you, which is immortal? And how do you discover that soul? 
I think the Gita gives you the answer as to how you can discover that soul within you. And yeah, it does give us, um, and I think, you know, in reading his translation of the Gita, he seemed particularly um, captivated not only with its deep spiritual meaning, but also that it, it is so practical. Uh, in, ter- in terms of, you know, how do we discover this truth? Mm-hmm. And then once discovering it, you know, um, how do we, how do we prove it? You know, how do we, mm-hmm. um, how do we, how do we live it? Um, you know, how does it translate to, to what we are doing? And, and in, in reading, you know, his translation, you know, and he, uh, evidently was offering these uh, commentaries on the Gita to his prayer meetings, to the people he was meeting with, and and he brings in very practical examples of the very work that they're doing, you know, with the spinning wheel and so forth, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, take it from this lofty um, philosophy right into, you know, what is it that we're doing in a practical way that shows mm-hmm. us, and I think for all of us, um, that that is that is a really beautiful example that he's giving you know like how do we take mm-hmm. this wisdom and then look at exactly what are we doing in our lives <laughs> and how do we make mm-hmm. that connection mm-hmm. absolutely and i think that's why you know he said that uh, he con- constantly refers to the gita because um, the gita's got very beautiful meaning but it's so profound that each time you read it, you discover something new. And that is what he said. He, um, you know, um, translated the Gita into Gujarati, which was uh, the first uh, translation that he did. And um, he put it in very simple words so that everyone could understand it, and as you said, in practical terms, so that you know how you can apply it to your life. Mm. But um, there are still lots of meanings and lots of answers to questions that are hidden in the Gita, and the more you read it, the more you discover yeah, that has certainly been my experience over, you know, 30 years reading it. I still feel um, so much a beginner <laughs> as to the wisdom of the Gita. Mm-hmm. It continually um, unfolds. And um, I-, I was thinking about, you know, how this, uh, we discover, of course, this metaphor for the struggle in the Gita, mm-hmm. but understanding that it is an inner struggle and what you know what must be transformed is the heart and of course that seems you know to be the crux of um what your grandfather understood you know where change has to begin uh is in the heart of the individual and then the situation mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the world <laughs> yes absolutely and uh you know you have of course also worked uh, tirelessly you know your life for peace through nonviolence and you know are there particular um principles from the gita that have sustained and supported you in in the times of struggle that you have faced 
Yeah, um, you know, particularly chapter two of the Gita where he talks about the um, doctrine, you know, and um, what what makes a good person. What are those attributes, those values that you have to inculcate in order to be a good person? Mm-hmm. That is what uh, Krishna tries to explain in chapter 2. And uh, growing up in our home, we used to decide that daily. And so it um, it made us, you know, uh, realize the truth of um, uh, the Gita. But also together with that is the whole question of courage, of action, of motive. You know, what is the motive? Is is it a a selfish motive or is it selfless? And then how to control yourself. So I think in all those areas, you know, um, when he talks to Arjuna about courage, it's such an important, um, you know, sort of lesson. Um, when he says, that if you stop fighting now, if you stop doing, taking action, then later on you are going to feel ashamed of yourself. Because, uh, you know, it would be seen that in the time... When the crunch came, you refused to act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although this is not historic, as you said, you know, Gandhiji didn't believe that this was about a war. Right. It was about uh, your self, your senses, all the temptations that you encounter in the world, and the decisions that you have to make on a daily basis. Mm. So it's something that you apply all the time in your life. Absolutely, and thank you so much for that beautiful vision, uh, Ela, of a family that is reading those verses every day, sharing with the children that these are the divine qualities that we all possess, and it is Mm -hmm. a matter then of having the courage to stand up and to express them, and that when, you know, then when we do, we of course feel better uh, about ourselves, you know, and when we when we fail to do what we know we should do, um, you know, we we do not we feel ashamed, as you say. Um, that is a beautiful uh, inspiration of thinking about what what would really help our children today is to have more um, awareness of this divine nature and you know how how we how we live it every day. So we're going to um, take a short break right now. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest Ila Gandhi. When we come back from the break, we're going to look at what Gandhiji uh, has identified as the matchless remedy. We'll be right back with you. You are listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. 
To support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Your contribution helps us broadcast messages of love and inspiration throughout the world. From on the air to on the sea, pack your bags and come with me. Hey, hey. A little more summer, a little more sun, a little less work and a lot more fun. A little more beach, a little more sand, a little less stress and a lot more pain. Join your favorite Unity Online Radio hosts for Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. On this fun-filled Caribbean adventure, enjoy sunshine, exceptional dining, and island excursions. Feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation, plus one-on-one time with some of your favorite hosts. That's Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. To learn more, go to unity.fm slash cruise. A little more sunset, a little more sea, a little less do and a lot more be. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, it's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Ila Gandhi, and we're having a conversation about the wisdom found in the Bhagavad Gita. And in this segment, we're going to take a look at what her grandfather, Gandhiji, uh, identified as the matchless remedy 
Um, Gandhiji describes the key given in the Gita to living a self-realized life as renunciation of the fruits of our actions. Um, and because I think because he was such an exceptional person that many look at the example of his life and although they're very inspired by it, they think, oh, I could never do that. I could never be uh, a Gandhi. Um, he, he was, when I look at it, I see that he was interested in living uh, spiritual principle to its fullest extent um, to be able to test out its viability, to see how it works, to put it to the test. And it seems to me that, you know, if we, if we look at his life, his, his personal life and his, uh, his, his life, his work in the world, and we exclaim, well, I could never do that, then I think we're looking at it in the wrong way. We're looking in the wrong place. If, however, we look at the results that came from his willingness to put principles into practice, it would be clear and it is clear uh, when I look that those same principles will work for anyone. Gandhiji notes that renunciation is the central sun round which devotion, knowledge, and the rest revolve like planets. His oft-quoted summary of wisdom for life, renounce and enjoy, emphasizes this. Um, so it's important to understand what Gandhiji and the Gita mean by uh, renunciation. So how can his um, insight about this uh, help us? Ila, where would you, where, where should we begin? Well, I think the first thing is, uh, you know, why do people do things? Why do you take decisions? I think uh, the Gita is about taking decisions and then acting on those decisions. Now, often we find that um, when we are taking a decision, we are motivated by certain forces. Uh, it could be material gain. It could be, you know, um, some... Um, some gain, whatever gain it is, whether it's of a spiritual nature, material nature, or whether it is, um, you know, just um, praise for yourself or something like that. Uh, but there's always a motive in whatever we do. And this is what Gandhiji said, that as for as long as there is that motive behind what you are doing, then... Uh, you are not renouncing the fruit. That, that motivation is the fruit of whatever action you take. And therefore, when you renounce that motivation, then your actions are without any, um, you know, any sort of hope for something that you are going to gain. Mm -hmm. And so your actions become more of a spiritual nature. Uh, your actions are much better thought out and so on. And in daily life, if you see it applying to your life, you find that uh, there's a truth in this, you know, in renunciation. 
Yeah, and certainly you can you can experience it fairly quickly as a key to inner peace and and freedom. Um, you know, you know what people struggle with. I think is when we look at this topic of renunciation is you know how do I how do I work? You know, how do I do good work? Um, how do I um, put forth goals for accomplishing something and still and still hold you know to to renunciation and um, and of course what the Gita is talking about is not is certainly not inaction and it's yeah. not it's also not really indifference to the result or the outcome. Um, Gandhiji wrote. Uh, in regard to every action, one must know the result that is expected to follow, the means thereto, and the capacity for it. He mm-hmm. who, being thus equipped, is without desire for the result <laughs> and is yet wholly engrossed in the due fulfillment of the task before him is said to have renounced the fruits of his action. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that he, he wrote that just... Um, was a is a key that really unlocked this connection for me is he he said that um, that if you renounce results your attachment to any personal reward in in what you do in the world then it is not possible with true renunciation it is not possible to have corrupt means. And that, you know, any time, you know, we have a personal agenda, a selfish motive for doing what we do, that that's where a, a corrupt means enter in <laughs> because, because we, you know, we want something for ourselves. And so, you know, we might, um, lie, uh, or, or, or steal or, um, you know, do something because we're attached to a particular outcome rather than being focused on the work itself. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, Gandhiji talked about, um, well, even in the Gita, it talks about two kinds of yoga, many kinds of yoga, but two in particular I'm talking about now. One is the Gyan Yoga, which means the knowledge, you know, uh, your uh, knowledge, wisdom, and so on, which you gain from reading, from learning, and that. Now, when you gain knowledge and you keep it to yourself, you keep that knowledge without acting on it, without doing anything, then he said that is wrong because Jnana Yoga should go with Karma Yoga. Karma Yoga is doing So, firstly, you must learn, you must get that knowledge. Then you put that knowledge into action. And then you don't expect anything, you know, in return for the action that you are doing. Uh, You know, it says in the Gita that to die performing duty is no ill. And it's important to do not doing is not right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, yeah, so the emphasis is on doing, but doing it without expecting anything in return. And yeah. that is 
the highest form of action. Yeah, action that is informed by by wisdom, and and of course the Gita opens with that very crisis. You know, Arjuna doesn't want to act, um, yeah. and yet, and and it it, it seems as a little paradoxical that that Lord Krishna would um, advise him to fight, and yet, of course, mm-hmm. it is you know the inner battle. But you know, mm-hmm. as you say, there are the various avenues of yoga or realization that are presented in the Gita, the Jnana Yoga, the Wisdom Yoga, um, Bhakti Yoga, Yoga of Devotion. But, you know, but I see that both of them are like, you know, ways up up the mountain of, you know, um, self and God realization. But it both culminate in Karma Yoga, as you say. You know, to once we know this truth, then the obligation is to act um upon you know that that wisdom but it's a, it's not just action it's a, it's a different kind of action mm. yes uh, because he talked about the senses he talked about the temptations the worldly temptations and you know the senses that are uh, your own senses that drive you towards um, wanting things and so on. How do you uh, create the balance in your body Uh, um, between the senses on the one hand, the temptations on the other hand, and your soul, which gives you the knowledge, the wisdom, and uh, it tells you what is right and what is truth and so on. So daily one has to create that balance in your body. And that is what uh, the Gita is all about, uh, according to Gandhiji, you know. So we have this, when we have this balance, then we have some inner peace and clarity and can, Mm. you know, then we can receive um, that higher guidance. Um, And, you know, as you were Mm. mentioning in the last segment, you know, these these divine qualities, you know, having the courage to to live in accordance with truth. But if we don't have balance, if our our minds are not quiet enough, um, and you know, and we have a selfish motive, then we cannot have access to that higher guidance. And mm-hmm. uh, so, I think that is absolutely critical. I'm so glad that you you brought that up. And you know, I wanted to add that. You know, this uh, idea of renunciation, besides, you know, helping us um, stay balanced and peaceful and um, use the the right means for doing the work that we do, um, Mm -hmm. that what I have also seen through it is that, you know, when we're doing uh, selfless work to the best of our ability and we let go of... uh, selfish intent, that oftentimes there's an avenue then for divine grace that opens up. And, you know, what comes mm-hmm. forth, you know, from our uh, quote-unquote individual effort is so much greater than uh, what 
what is possible if we're clinging to things uh, coming out a particular way. You know, when we do that, we can mm-hmm. almost get we can get in the way. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I uh, just quote from uh, the Gita where it says, "Do your allotted work, but renounce its fruit. Be detached and work. Have no desire for reward and work." Mm-hmm. So you know, it's such a profound sort of statement. Well, and it's very freeing, isn't it? I mean, I think just a little bit of practice, we can see that, you know, what so often what disturbs our peace is, you know, when we have desires um, that are not fulfilled, um, you know, if we're attached to the results, you know, it can be very crushing <laughs> as opposed to the, the freedom that, that comes from just doing the work. And certainly, um, Ila, there in South Africa in the years and years and years um, that you were working during apartheid, you know, you must have had to apply this uh, often. Yes, absolutely. You know, you come across so many situations where, you know, anger can overtake you. Uh, but, uh, you know, these are the uh, emotions that the Gita helps you to control. Um, and, you know, you, you sort of uh, then are able to see things in a reasonable way and begin to understand and find a solution for every problem that, uh, you know, you encounter. Mm. So even when you are, you know, imprisoned or you are, uh, you know, under house arrest as I was, it's uh, this knowledge and this thought that helps you to keep the balance, Mm. not to get angry, not to become frustrated, not to... Uh, vent those feelings in other ways, you know? Well, and there's some beautiful um, passages in the Gita that describe what happens yes. if we if we allow anger to take over. Um, then, you know, the mind um, becomes clouded. You know, we cannot make uh, clear uh, decisions. And our peace and our happiness... Um, are uh, removed, and so it, it really identifies, you know, exactly what you're talking about, the importance of understanding how to deal with anger, and of course, it, it helps us by telling us where it stems from, and, mm. it, and, and, it will t- and it tells us right out that this anger stems from frustrated desire. Um, you know, from wanting a particular outcome and, you know, wanting it now. (laughs) Mm. And I think, you know, that that is, you know, it's challenging for all of us every day, but Mm -hmm. especially, you know, working in the kinds of situations you were working in, um, it, it seems necessary to have this kind of philosophy so that... 
the the means of the work does you know don't get corrupted um mm. that the hearts don't get corrupted and we're we're going to take a break now and when we get back we'll talk more about the heart more about um faith and devotion that we find in the bhagavad gita i'm ellen grace o'brien and you're listening to the yoga hour with special guest today ila gandhi we welcome your comments, and you can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. We'll be right back with you. You ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart-Centered Metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. What would a human life based on the principles of an evolutionary spirituality look like? Reverend Kelly Isola wants to talk with people of every faith or no faith at all to passionately participate in the next great epic in the emergence of consciousness and culture. If the choice is ours to consciously evolve, then what can life look like at this pivotal time in human history? Join us each Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time for Spiraling Consciousness with host Reverend Kelly Isola right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at yogahour at unity.fm and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien and my guest today is Ila Gandhi. And we've been talking about the wisdom, practical wisdom for living that is found in the Bhagavad Gita. In this last segment, we're going to look at how the wisdom of the Gita speaks to the heart. Gandhiji wrote, The Gita has sung the praises of knowledge, but is beyond the mere intellect. It is essentially addressed to the heart and capable of being understood by the heart. Therefore, the Gita is not for those who have no faith. And um, so I thought we would talk a little bit about, you know, what it is to have faith and um, how that can help us to receive the teachings available um, through the Gita. I thought I would read one other thing um, from your grandfather. A favorite book that I have is the Mohan Mala, the Gandhian Rosary. (laughs) 
and mm-hmm. uh, in the very opening passages of that, um, he has written, there is an indefinable, mysterious power that pervades everything. I feel it, though I do not see it. It is this unseen power which makes itself felt and yet defies all proof because it is so unlike all that I perceive through my senses. It transcends the senses, but it is possible to reason out the existence of God to a limited extent. And uh, then he says, I do dimly perceive that whilst everything around me is ever-changing, ever-dying, there is underlying all that change a living power that is changeless, that holds all together, that creates, dissolves, and recreates, that informing power or spirit is God. And since nothing else I see merely through the senses can or will persist, he alone is. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a pretty powerful yeah. statement of faith. Absolutely, yeah. So basically I think, uh, you know, what he's talking about is that without that faith, you can't really, um, you know, scientifically explain something. Uh, you've got to have faith in that power within you, the soul, that is the soul within yourself. And if you discover that soul, when you connect with that soul, that is when you begin to to get the messages of truth to be able to be guided by that faith but um, to get to that faith you have to also do a number of things and I think that is also important you know your uh, silence um, meditation looking within you you know discovering yourself discovering the knowledge the buddhi you know uh, you call it buddhi Mm-hmm. or knowledge, the reasoning mm-hmm. that happens within yourself so that you can discern between good and bad and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and you can begin to, you know, see the light on the one hand. You get, uh, you are able to act and you are able to restrain yourself when it's necessary to restrain your, you know, whatever senses and so on. Yeah, this, this it, it, it is that the faith um, gives us, uh, it opens us, as you're describing, to that which is beyond the, the limited self. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, faith is the avenue, the way that we open ourselves to that. And as you say, then um, opens opens us to messages of truth, um, to uh, being able to discern, to having our you know intuition uh, awaken to the degree that we that that we perceive you know this higher order of things and can be then inspired to act in that way and and I think that you know faith also gives us courage you know faith in that which is yeah. beyond the individual self you know we started in the mm-hmm. opening segment talking about how courage is necessary. Uh, to 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 make these higher choices, you know, when we have uh, inspiration, we we mm-hmm. truth is revealed to us, and and right action, you know, comes through our conscience, you know, 
we know mm. what we are to do, but it takes courage mm. oftentimes to do it. And I think that faith, uh, understanding that even if, you know, what we do maybe is not going to be popular, Mm. Or not going to not going to make us popular, um, uh, then you know we have to have faith that <clears throat> we're acting in accordance with this higher truth that will ultimately um, show itself, you know, to be uh, the 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 higher way for all. Mm. Mm. Yes, uh, there's a beautiful passage, you know, that he's written uh, about who is the devotee, and he says, um, he is the devotee who is jealous of none, who is a fount of mercy, who is without egotism, who is selfless, who treats alike cold and heat, happiness and misery, who is ever forgiving, who is always contented, whose resolutions are firm, who has dedicated mind and soul to God, Mm. who causes no dread, who is not afraid of others, who is free from exaltation, sorrow and fear, who is pure, who is versed in action and yet remains unaffected by it. Mm-hmm. And it goes on, but all this can only be achieved through devotion and, um, you know, through um, silence, solitude, and uh, disciplined reason. Mm-hmm. And this is really mm-hmm. devotion devotion to God, or we could say devotion to truth. That's such a beautiful passage that you read, Ila. Thank you for that. And, it, you know, and Gandhiji said that this uh, devotion required by the Gita is no soft-hearted effusiveness <laughs> and certainly, mm-hmm. not, uh, certainly not blind faith, um, and that the devotion yeah. of the Gita has the least to do with externals, Instead, this devotion is about the development of the inner life to be consistent with truth. We thus Mm. see that to be a real devotee is to realize Mm. oneself. Self-realization is not something apart. So in this description that you have just given, you know, this devotion is really devoting oneself um, to this uh, spiritual life in such a way that the divine qualities can ever be revealed and and of course you know your your grandfather left us such a beautiful legacy by being willing to reveal his um, spiritual life and his um, his attempts and his failures. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know mm-hmm. that that was also yeah. it's very helpful you know when you see um you know I, I was just reading last night in a passage in his translation where where he's talking about um this is a the uh, the teaching where lord krishna says you know whatever the the best a person does is also done by other people you know what mm. example is set the world follows and and following that um verse uh Gandhiji makes a confession that you know he had uh, planned this uh celebration uh, on the um 
the birthday of uh, Lord Rama and that there at the ashram they were having prayers and fasting and reading of the Ramayana and so on. Um, but mm-hmm. that, you know, he ended up having a conflict that day <laughs> that he, he mm-hmm. had a, me- a meeting that someone called him to. And so that while those in the ashram, you know, were going to be in prayer, he, he was going to be fixing lunch and being in this meeting. And, and he writes, you know, all this is wrong. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I had become totally absorbed with all these activities in the ashram and made it a rule to join in every celebration as I unfailingly attend prayers at four in the morning, I would have told Multilaji that today um, I would be uh, able to free myself only for half the day. Um, but mm-hmm. I, do not, I do not yet have such firmness of mind and therefore mm-hmm. cannot act in that manner. And, and so, you know, he says, I often feel that as your leader I should set an example in every manner, but I cannot do so unless there's complete harmony between my thought, speech, and action. And then he advises them to go on with the program and, and to please bear with his deficiency and to not follow that weakness of his after he's gone. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, that yeah. is so, so beautiful, uh, yeah. and inspiring because, of course, you know, this is a process, you know, as we learn, you know, how to, you know, and my, my guru always says that, that dharma is doing what we know we should do. <laughs> mm. Mm. And I think that's a beautiful way to describe this this way of righteousness. But, you know, it, we, sometimes it takes us, uh, time to adjust our lives and to bring together um, mm. our thoughts, and our inspiration, and our action. Mm. Mm. And I think you know what the Gita is talking about is what we all are seeking: the purpose of our life. What is the purpose of our life? You know, um, and. Um, what do we feel? We are we going the goal uh, of uh, living. So um, he talks, and the Gita gives you that knowledge and that devotion, and um, you know the, the aspiration to reach nirvana or you know to to attain. God realization or whatever one believes in. Um, and what Gandhiji says is that the knowledge and the devotion is not sufficient. One has to also renounce the fruit of action and be able to act on the knowledge and um, the devotion that you have. Mm, that is a beautiful, beautiful summary, and I, I really thank you for that, and and also just sort of bringing us back to the to the beginning, that you know, keeping in mind always, you know, what is the purpose of our life, um, because this life um, passes very quickly, and um, mm-hmm. and it is possible, you know, to just let uh, time uh, move away like a river, but keeping in mind uh, our purpose 
we, we then can strive for this spiritual goal of realization and, as you say, the necessity then to put it into action, to live this truth. It's been uh, such a joy to share this yoga hour with all of you this morning, and I thank you for um, tuning in and listening. And, Ila, um, I thank you from my heart for being our guest this morning. Uh, it has been very inspiring to hear your words. It's a pleasure, and thank you for inviting me. Thank you. I want to invite uh, the listeners to um, jo- tune in next week. The special guest will be Swami Atma Vijayananda, and we'll be talking once again about selfless action, wisdom, and divine love, looking at Kriya Yoga in the Gita. For more information about programs and events at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, you can visit our website, CSE Center. Dot org, and you'll see that uh, next week, Roy Eugene Davis, direct disciple of Paramhansa Yogananda, will visit CSE, and all are welcome to those programs. I look forward to being with you as we continue this exploration of the Gita. Until then, let your inner light shine into the world, and remember to share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. feel undervalued, disconnected, or simply overwhelmed at work or in your business? Are you trying to attract what you need but are desperately worried about cash flow? What if the problems you're experiencing aren't problems at all, but warning signals, clues to redirect? What if those clues are being obscured by your blind spots, the things you can't see that are keeping you from accomplishing your goals? Find out how you can move step-by-step beyond your blind spots each week here with Karin Pettigrew, Wednesday mornings at 9 Central Time on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. There is nothing more thrilling than feeling your direct connection with your source, your spirit. In those moments, you are soaring, knowing that you can be, do, or have anything you want. But what do you do when real life hits you straight on? 
get real. This is practical spirituality for a busy, bustling world. Join us every Friday at noon Central Time for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real, where we explore leading-edge principles and break down the law of attraction so it works for you every day. When you are off the mountaintop, join us for this delicious exploration of attraction principles with your host, Ray Zander. Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women. The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Rev. Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 